Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. And five, four, three, two, one. It's called Native American food, Greg. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of All <laughs> Josh's uh, cue for us to sync audio was kind of kind of got me a little bit there. Um, well, I'm your host Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Oh man, I'm really good, really good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Had a had a really fun uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we also have a special guest with us, uh, Sam from the Realm of Collectors. Yo, what's up? <clears throat> how how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm I got a few more days of winter break, so I'm trying to get all all the all of this in, you know. But I'm <laughs> happy to, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm glad you can make it. Um, yeah, it's, guys, it's awesome. I, I he finally gets to say it again for a legit reason. <laughs> for for those that are not aware, Sam is also a, a <clears throat> castmate of mine over on MPSP Theater on Friday nights. And like the first 15 or 20 weeks we did the show, every week on the intros, he's like, yeah, I'm Sam. Thanks for having me. And we're like, having you shit, you're already a permanent cast member. Stop saying it. it took it forever just, to stop saying it. I just felt rude if I didn't say it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be grateful. Uh, it was well, awesome. Well, I, I appreciate having you here, Sam. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm glad you wanted to come on. Yeah. Uh, for anyone curious, what we're going to be talking about today is the finale of The Mandalorian. Uh, which we'll start with, and then we'll move on to Six Underground, starring Ryan Reynolds uh, and uh, directed by Michael Bay. Um, and then we'll finish it off with The Irishman, uh, directed, dire- wrote and directed, if I'm not mistaken, by Martin Scorsese. Was it yeah. written? I don't think it was written by Martin Scorsese. I'm not sure if he wrote the screenplay. We'll get to that, but it was, you know. There's a uh, lot of people in it. Did you did yeah. you watch Goodfellas? Because there's probably somebody in there from it. Um, well. I mean, that's what Scorsese does. He like wants to make a movie. He gets his people. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of directors that are famous enough to where they just make a movie and get their friends. Um, namely, uh, uh, Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, his wife's going to be in it. Uh, what, what, in what? In whatever he's doing. Oh, oh, oh. I thought You said it, and I thought you were talking about a direct like movie he was making. I was like, I don't know what he's making. Um. <sighs> Well, shit. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we go ahead and dive right into Mandalorian? Um, Ooh, if you uh, if you haven't been keeping up with Josh and I as we've gone through the show, we've been giving each episode its own grade. Uh, needless to say, we have enjoyed the show so far. And episode eight is uh, the continuation of the cliffhanger from episode episode seven. They introduced. Uh, I can't think of the actor's name suddenly. You played Gus on Breaking Jean, Bad. Giancarlo Esposito. Thank you. Yeah, I always he played Gus him. Fring. Yes, yeah, on uh, Breaking Bad. That's his, the, the actor's name is his his character in uh, 
from Breaking Bad. I always get those two things mixed up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was guest freeing in Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot he was. Yeah. Shit. Um. But he is well, Moff Gideon. Yes, Moff Gideon. Which I was really surprised that when his name was said as Moff Gideon, everyone's just kind of like. Wait, there's multiple people named Moff, and I'm just like, it's a title. Yeah, Not yeah, it's like, Rogue One. It's a title. Yeah, it, it, well, I mean, even in uh, the original Star Wars, you know, Grand right, well, Moff Tarkin, they're like he was like Vice Admiral of the Imperial Navy. Mm-hmm. That's that's, I mean, they had admirals as well but these were like the guys that ruled yeah, they were they like ran like not just <clears throat> military stuff but but basically like they would they would oversee like a whole sector of space yeah yeah right. sorted out both both politically and militarily <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the only reason the only reason i went with uh, uh rogue one was because that was the most recent that they kind of showed that right um yeah, but regardless, there's plenty of examples that it should not have been a surprise. But uh, that was uh, that opening shot is probably one of my favorites of the whole show uh, with the two uh, uh, speeder bike troopers. Oh my god, dude, that was hilarious! Yeah, I love that, man. I love that. Hey, uh, so is it, uh, is it still alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just want to see it, don't you? Yeah, you gotta see it. Why can't I see it? I got to see it for like a second. Uh, one of them, the one that actually, well, the one that actually slugged the shit out of Baby Yoda was Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then this one was it was directed by a uh, Taika Waititi, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. it was. Who also does the voice of IG88? Yeah, that's right. And then he was the only. Was this the only episode that he directed? Uh yes, yeah. This one was strong. I I hope he sticks to it. You rock. know, I have to say, based on every episode, I think the weakest episode was directed by Dave Filoni. Yeah, um, yeah. I disagree. <clears throat> was was that that was the the jailbreak one, right? No, no. <clears throat> oh wait, that was the one was, where that was took, that was my least favorite one. Was the jailbreak one? He was. It was the one on Tatooine. Okay, okay. Where he okay. was helping out the young bounty, the young yeah. guy trying to get in the bounty hunters guild. Yeah, that one. That one was one of the weaker ones. You're right. I see, because I, it's hard for me to say that any episode in this is weak because what I love about Mandalorian and somebody else, I, I said it last week when talk or sorry last episode because we've been taking we took two, almost two weeks off. Um, the. Uh, the thing that I really enjoy about Mandalorian is that it is a week to week situation. We me, don't me too. like, I love the, the shows that Josh and I watch on this podcast where it's every episode goes into the next and like eight episodes is one whole cohesive story. Yeah, it, it's one arc. But what, what makes, that's what makes Mandalorian so nice is that because it is week to week, we get a contained story. Yeah. Um, but you still feel like there's there's progression there, and we're learning a little yeah. bit more about yeah, well, yeah, that's, that, that's what it is. Like as long as you're you're moving the characters forward, then then I, then I'm fine with it, man. And because I think when you do have that season long ongoing arc, it makes it harder at the end to stick your landing. 
and, and, yeah. the, and people have a whole season to get their expectations set. And I think with this, you, you kind of bring it together in the last two and say, okay, here's, here's our conflict and, and here's how it's going to be resolved, which is why I think this was, this, this finale was as well received as it was, you know? What's fascinating to me is that we technically only have, because the prison break and the gunslinger and even the gunslinger, not so much, but definitely prison break were the only episodes that did not come back to the main plot. Because even the episode four that everyone was like, oh, it was a side story. Kara Dune still came back. Yeah, she was I mean, yeah, that, in, in the, I think just establishing that like they couldn't hide. Yeah, and yeah. you got a lot of you got a lot of character growth from him as well. And you and you learned about him, you know. Yeah, I, 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 that's when I realized that he would actually take his helmet off to eat. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I thought that like I understood that as like they just never ever took it off. And- like what he had like a little port that would open up in his faceplate, yes, and he used like a galactic straw, or or he just get like tacos and slides them in between the slits in the helmet. I mean, like maybe the, maybe the black visor goes up or whatever. I don't know. That was my favorite thing. Oh shit, that's funny. <laughs> He's just sliding Jack in the Box tacos between it. <clears throat> the other thing, the other thing that Josh and I, Josh and I kind of picked up. The other thing that Josh and I picked up on, I don't know if you picked up on it too, Sam, but the episode two, I want to say, and four explained that this that that as we know his name now, by the way, mm-hmm. um, is is not Mandalorian blood. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. that, episode, that was, episode eight fucking made it concrete, but what was it? What was the episode? I mean, as soon as they mentioned the term foundling, I was like, okay, he's a foundling. That was that was in the very first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. mentioned episode. he was new in the first time. The first episode, yeah, he goes down into the coven, his shoulder pauldron or whatever. Yep. And she said okay. the extra, like he'll use it for the foundlings or whatever. And she's like, the, yeah, the future, blah blah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I, I, was, I thought maybe he told it to the uh, the old man. And see, I wasn't sure wow. if foundling meant just an orphan or an orphan that was not of Mandalorian descent. But they well, clarified that's... it in this. He is an orphan not of Mandalorian descent. And he yeah. actually says Mandalorian is not a race. It's, it's a creed. creed. Well, that's what I was going to say is that in, in episode two or episode one, it's it's kind of mentioned that he's a foundling, but it was unclear as to what that meant. And then in episode four, when he's talking to the woman, that's when it like, that's when it was like, oh shit, he's not Mandalorian. He's yeah. Just- I think, um, I like, I, I wonder if like where he li- like whatever planet he grew up on, I wonder if that was like in Mandalorian space or if they kind of just happened to run into each other. Uh, I don't it, know. It, it would be interesting to explore. In yeah. two. And yeah. I'm sure we're going to get that because it was clearly droid separatist army that was mm-hmm. assaulting that. Yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, Wars there. He got to see Death Watch. Yeah. Death Watch Mandalorians awesome. coming in and fighting back. And that's who that's saved awesome. him. Yeah. I think that's my favorite thing about this show is that, and something that Disney, the Disney canon has been <laughs> doing is borrowing from Legends, which is now called Legends, not just EU. Um, yeah. Um, I'm glad that they're borrowing from it and not just doing a direct adaptation because Jesus Christ, that thing is too expansed. That's uh, what happens when you have 42 years of just people writing whatever the fuck they want. Um, yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, seeing those those Mandalorians you guys are talking about, which I don't remember what they were in. Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah. Which I've not gotten to that part of the story yet, but I'm aware it's awesome. enough. It's awesome. So I, th- I, I thought still they were gonna a, power through that terrible season one. I thought first. they were in a comic a long time ago before Disney took it. I don't I'm not a I'm not sure. They had Mandalorians in the comics back in the Dark Horse days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jodo Cast was yeah, the one that a lot like of people thought was Boba Fett. who Boba Fett really was, but it turns out he wasn't. Yeah, he had like a very green and so, yellow color like scheme. That, that is something that, like, having it be specifically like Death Watch, like that. It that is a criticism that I have with Disney Star Wars in regards to the movies is that I feel like. And I don't want to get too into Rise of Skywalker, but I feel like they're they're creating things to to serve the plot that already exist in canon. You know, when 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 they don't need to, it's like they're reinventing the wheel when they don't need to. They can just pull from their established lore, and they don't. So that is something I like about this: is like they're having a be Death Watch, which is already established. The fans know who they are, which the fans love that shit. And then people who don't know who they are, it doesn't matter. You know, because yeah. they'll learn as they go. Yeah, and it's cool that they're they're that they're going back to their own lore, as opposed to just making. Because if it was like another Mandalorian group, I wouldn't feel a way about it. But it's just cool that they that they're going back to what they've they've already established. You know, right? It's uh, that's I, that's why I think it's important to have Dave Filoni there because he kind of pushed that forward, regardless of your like or dislike of clone wars like if they're bringing that in as canon they have to have him there yeah um, it, but i think i, I think don't disagree makes it seem more unified I like right because I, I think dave filoni definitely has in his mind the canon that he was working on when he was doing clone wars and rebels mm-hmm. and I, if disney wants to use that which they clearly do um they have to have him there and it kind of feels like for certain aspects of, cause I mean, he's, he's in, he's a cameo in two episodes of yeah, this mm-hmm. show. Um, he's actually, he's actually a cameo. <laughs> he's a cameo in Sam's least favorite and a cameo in Josh's least favorite. So that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was alive in Sam's least favorite though. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm really really happy with how this season ended. It 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 gave us closure to a a plot that was happening, but not closure to the story. And I'm really excited to see what they do in season two. Dude, I mean, yeah, since- I, I like, uh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead, Sam. I was just saying, I, I like that they that they tied it. So like they didn't they didn't leave it hanging in a way that makes you feel like they didn't end the story. You know, no, like right. they they still tied up this story. This this part is done, but we got something to look forward to, and it doesn't and it doesn't feel like a cheap kind of shoehorned in cliffhanger with him having the dark saber. You know, it was it they 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 mentioned in that dialogue at the cantina or whatever that he was the moth who was in charge of the siege of Mandalore. You know, yep. which which hopefully I hope we learn more about that. <clears throat> But yeah. like him having the dark saber makes perfect sense. It does. That was that was pretty amazing, you know. And, that, that and was, we'll get to that I mean, here in just yeah. a second. But I mean, we 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 learned the Mandalorian's name. You know, we don't have to call him Mondo yeah. anymore. We got his face. I don't know if I need it. Yeah. 
But, you know, I, I mean, know we I all know what the face. actor looks like, but. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's cool. You know, it's cool. But, uh, Ben I knew what yeah. he looked like before that because I knew the actor, so that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a meme of a scene uh, of from Game of Thrones where he's talking to Tyrion Lannister. He's like, you know, maybe you should try wearing a helmet. And he's like, oh, good idea. And then it shows the Mandalorian down below it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it would have prevented his head getting squished like a grape. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we we well. We found out his name is Dan Jarin, D-J-A-R-I-N, uh, D-I-N first name. So that's a cool name. Uh, you know, it is confirmed uh, that he was a family um, brought to Mandalore by the Death Watch and raised as a Mandalorian. And once he adapted and became a Mandalorian as a member of, you know, the Creed, he never takes his helmet off in the presence of another living being, which came into play when he got fucked up in that explosion mm-hmm. uh, in the assault on the cantina, head. and he was bleeding everywhere, back of his head. And, Your central uh, processor unit is damaged. Yeah, my brain. yeah. IG-11, <laughs> who is now a nurse droid, he's like, oh, your central processing unit is damaged. You need medical assistance. And he tries to take his helmet off. He's like, no, no living... He's like, fortunately for you, I am not an, a living being. And he takes his helmet off. You know, we see him. He's fucked up, but he gives him a Bacta spray. And you know how Bacta is. That's like the miracle drug. The miracle um, plot device. No, yeah, man. Pfizer, Pfizer fucking made Bacta. Um, yeah. You know, it was but, nice. It was, it was a nice little moment between two characters that, you know, because that's the thing about Mando that through the whole show or Din now is that uh, uh, he he had this very strong distaste towards uh, droids, and it's clear because he was like, he when he was yeah. a kid what had happened. Anti droid sentiment that that was that's something that even in the new canon, Greg is is established like that's a thing. You know, like people like that that's a widely kind of galaxy wide thing like with people against droids because of because of the um, oh the yeah. Color because of the separatist army, the droid yeah. armies, yeah. It was just it was just a really nice scene between them because of what they had established with the character himself. And there were other characters going, Well, you really have a thing for droids, huh? And like for him to go to the extent of, of revealing his face to a droid and and then you know, then later, just just moments later in the show, what IG eleven does for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what he says to him. Like, you know. <clears throat> this this unit finally self destructs because he cannot fall into capture and it's mm-hmm. like no don't self destruct he's like it's okay this is my function you don't he's he's like what was it he said he's like I you know I just don't see a need for you to do that he's like you don't have to be sad I'm not sad he's like I hear it in your voice or something like that yeah I was like oh mm-hmm. Because that's the thing that that it, it it's very clear, especially with the um, the den mother, as I like to call her. Uh, oh, the armorer. Yeah, she. Um, the way that she speaks, and the, and with the matter of factness and the sternness yeah. and stuff like that, and the way the other Mandalorians talk, like it was very clear to me that that Mandalorians have a uh, a lack of emotional attachment. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're like really pragmatic. Spartans. So I took yeah. them. And, uh, um, but he is, he is not, he still retains whatever race he is. He's, you know, that, that, that level of humanity. So I think that's what makes him such an inter- interesting Mandalorian. Um, mm-hmm. which I get why when I watched this show and I see why it changed and why they didn't go with Boba Fett, like where the writing kind of was going. Like, we know who Boba Fett is. We know he lost his dad in the Clone Wars. And growing up, and I, he's in he's in the Clone Wars cartoon, right? As a kid? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, so we see a little bit of that. And I, and I, from what I understand, originally the movie was supposed to be basically what we're experiencing. Like, him going through motions of trying to act stern and whatnot, but, like, not being able to because he's, you know, not technically Mandalorian. Yeah. But, uh... I'm glad they went this direction because it's. I like that's the thing about about Star Wars. I really like new characters. I really mm-hmm. hate that we yeah, just me keep too, man. Me too. Especially so. a well developed one like, you know, the Mandalorian is turning into. Yes. Um. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap this conversation up? Unless anyone has any extra thoughts about it. Well, that final shot. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when when uh, the Mandalorian takes out Moff Gideon's TIE fighter um, and it that was awesome how he did it, you know, using his uh, grappling hook, firing grappling mm-hmm. rope, yeah. you know, attached to it and places the thermal detonators on it and it blasts wings off and it crashes and you see it go down. And, you know, he gets off planet with Baby Yoda. Sorry, I, I like calling him Baby Yoda. I know it's yeah, the child, but Baby Yoda, man, come on. Did you guys hear about how uh, John Favreau was in a meeting with Bob Iger? And because Baby Yoda had become such a quote term for fans of the show, that that John Favreau, like, told, like, got, got angry at Bob Iger for saying the wrong name, even though Bob Iger and John Favreau know the child's actual name. Oh, oh wow! Man. Yeah, it was. It was really. I was reading the story. It was really funny. It was like John Favreau was just like, you know, his name. So calling him Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, Favreau got mad because Iger was calling him Baby Yoda. Yeah. And, oh Jesus! Come on. Well, they only because again, only because Bob Iger knows Baby Yoda's actual name. Like you know, not the child, but his actual given name. Yes. yes. Oh okay. Well, like sorry. I kind of understand John Favreau's position on that. However, I don't know if the media was making it out to be a bigger story than it actually was, and John Favreau no, wasn't sure, actually sure. that upset. But I'm sure they were. Yeah, of course <laughs> they were. I, I'll say, um, you know, like the the cast in this show, I, th- I think did a really good job, man. I think one I was worried about was was a uh, was Gina Carano, just because it's like these like people whether they come from like ufc or she she was like fought mma i you always worry about them but like oh, yeah, I, I was I, I completely agree with you because in my opinion as much as i liked episode four you can tell that bryce dallas howard is not great of a director because no. Gina carano acted like a fucking like she was a piece I, of cardboard I think, I think that's that's the the directing and that because i in the last two she's fucking awesome dude like she's yep. she's so um like magnetic 
you know, and, and I think she's just like so goddamn likable. You know, that, that's that's the whole crew, you know, even even Carl Weathers, you know, I think he had a he had a good little arc for the season. You know, I mean, just straight up scumbag and he turned into, you know, he, he kind had of a, a more of a respectable scumbag. Yeah, I, he has his values, you know, yeah, and, and they might not be my values, but he's got he's got the reasons for doing what he does. And he's got his own little code. And and I, I like I like that. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I, I really, really hope that uh, I know that when when the the show ended, uh, uh, it was just uh, Din Djarin and, and Baby Yoda on on the ship, which we don't even have a name for his ship yet, by the way. The, the razor, the razor crest. That's what it's called. See, I wasn't sure if that was the name of the ship or if that was just the type of ship. It was. Right, uh, right. It's probably a type of ship yeah, because thought, uh, at the beginning he was like, oh, like he said, oh, a razor crest, like. Like uh, yeah, a Tie Fighter. Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna Google that real quick. See if anyone else is. I am. That we missed. Okay. Well, then go ahead, and I will won't. Um, but uh, yeah, we see them on the ship taken off, and they're clearly on the ship by themselves. So I really hope that uh, Cara Dune and um, Carl Weathers' character, drawing a blank on his name, Grief, 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 Cargo. Grief cargo. Um, that we'll see them again. I really do. Yeah, they I, were awesome characters. Well, man, and, and I hope we do at least because like like cool characters, I think the acting once they got a stronger director um was on point, but <clears throat> I, I just hope with next season, you know, I'm the um Moff Gideon, I, I just wonder like I, I don't know if I necessarily see him as like a physical imposing threat. At this point, you know, because like him, him wielding the dark saber makes it seem like that that's the type of role that he would have to be, you know, and it's early. And and I definitely think that he was intimidating, but not as like a, a phys- in a physical way, you know, we'll have to see him. I want to see him in a physical and or not not a physical. I want to see him in an intimidating way like he was as Gus Fring, where he doesn't ever like he looks meek. He looks small. And that's the point, yeah. because he actually has a lot of power. Um, I want to see him like send off like what's remaining of the empire towards Din Djarin and and um, I want to know more about why he wants Baby Yoda so badly. Yeah, so like that was one thing. I mean, we never really got. I know, like some people like mentioned cloning and things like that. So like we never got an answer as to like where Baby Yoda came from, what they want with him. But then I was vagina. Yeah, well, I was, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, well, shoot, we, we never found that out. But I'm like, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, it, 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 at least at this point with the story they were telling. So it's like I don't have a problem with it. You know, I think it wasn't relevant to the story or as relevant um, to. Yeah, I, I, that's also what's genius about this show is that to make the MacGuffin a fucking actual, like, adorable child that we care about is really smart. Yeah, um, yeah. Rise of Skywalker's like, oh, there's 18 different – MacGuffins. Uh, just keep an eye on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, I like one of my favorite from this episode is when IG 11's riding through on the speeder, just blasting everyone, and he's just, Baby Yoda's just laughing his ass. Off. That yeah. was amazing. Ears amazing. flapping in the wind. He's and like, ah! like he just loves it. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, according to Wikipedia, uh, the Razor Crest. Is a type of gunship 
So he just calls it the Razor Crest. So it doesn't seem like he's actually christened the ship with an actual name. Yeah. See, that's unfortunate because, man, the, the Millennium Falcon, like naming that ship the Millennium Falcon is a huge thing. Uh, but then again, I guess, you know, like it's just Luke Skywalker or Poe Dameron's, oh, not Soft Skywalker, I'm sorry, Luke's uh, X-Wing or Poe's X-Wing or something like yeah. that. So. Yeah. But I mean, fucking, yeah, I, I think- mean, Kylo Ren's, Fucking TIE Fighter has a name, and so does Vader's. I don't... Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just to do with the pragmatic ways of yep, yep, the yeah, Mandalorians. Because yeah, I think the reason why Slave One had a name was due to Django Fett's vanity. Yeah. And when Boba grew up, he just kept the name because that was his dad's ship. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That makes perfect sense. I, I just, I guess, I guess to me, for a show like this, because that's actually one thing I wanted to bring up was, as much as I love this show, it's very clear to me that the budget is much smaller than the movies. Well, yeah, um, yeah it's like $15 million per episode. And that's but still high. That's, that's extremely TV. high, though, for any TV show. But there's a lot of moments where... It feels uh, very Xena Warrior Princessy, Hercules ish, if you catch my Yeah, yeah I, I, I can see that. And, and there's, and I, there's I nothing wrong that. with that for me. Yeah. I'll give you an example of, of this show really like showcasing that. And, and I know that they want to use practical effects, but when you have a bunch of Jawas eating yolk, uh, let's make that a little bit more CGI-ish, because it looked like they were just slamming it into the bottom of their robes. I mean, it was, that was pretty gross. So That, yeah, that, that one worked for me. <laughs> I'll say that. I, I it, just, it did, it did work. It just, it just looked uh, like the cookie monster eating a fucking cookie. Like, it was like, I, I know yeah, it's not going in their mouths. <laughs> somewhere, yeah. They're, they're, they're messy little bastards. Or like a straw just came out of the bottom of their hood. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there you go, the galactic straw, man. <laughs> Yeah, comes dude. in and straight bendy or loop de loop, and mm-hmm. then they all look at the camera and go, "Available at McDonald's." And then you go, mm-hmm. "Okay, I get it." Thanks, Mel Brooks. Oh uh, fucking Christ! I love this show. Let's go ahead and get to grades. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll do the whole show, not just episode eight. The whole show. Okay. Uh, well, you go ahead and go first. Uh, I'm going to give the whole show an A. Um, I the think that there's series. a couple. The whole series an A. Uh, I mean, episode eight, I give an A plus. That, that episode was fucking amazing. I loved it. So I just, you know, but the whole show gets an A because there's a couple moments in the show that I don't enjoy. I think are a little slow. Um, but but overall, it's very Star Warsy to me. It's very, uh, it's a fun little adventure. Plus, I love the Western samurai feeling to it. Like it just the lone wolf and cub situation. I fucking yes. adore that. So. So, I want to see more. I'm excited for season two. You got me, John Favreau. Let's go. Hell yeah. Uh, what um, about you, Sam? Yes, right, Josh. You're going last. Yeah, <laughs> fine. I was actually going to say, Sam, what do you think? Yeah, the this episode, A+, and then the show as a whole, I'd say an A-, A-. minus. And that my only thing is like just some inconsistency with, with the with the direction of it. Like with the directors that they chose, like like the episodes that I that I dislike, I, I do just kind of attribute that to like directing choices. Like 
I didn't like the prison break one because of the overacting. I, I think the overacting was because the directors told him to do that. And, and then, and then episode four is kind of a weaker one too, but overall, I, I, I'm, I'm super happy with this. I think for me, it gets me excited about star Wars when I've had a roller coaster ride with star Wars in the last couple, last couple of weeks and months. But, um, this is this gets me excited, and I think more Star Wars is good, man. Hell yeah! Yep. Uh, pretty much along the same lines. I thought this episode was stellar. It was an A plus overall. The season as a whole, I will give it an A minus as well. Uh, for similar reasons, I think they just made some weak directorial choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was episodes four and six, uh, four and five that I thought were the two weakest episodes directorially. Uh, but overall, there was enough there. I was never not entertained. I enjoyed it from start to finish. There were just choices that were like, yeah, I don't like that. But, you know, I can see past it. So I'm super excited. I'm happy that season two's coming fall of this year because, hey, it's fucking 2020 today. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so probably around November we'll get season two. Probably around yeah. the same time of year. What's really funny is that they they uh, they came out with like Disney Plus came out with this whole like thing of everything that's coming out this year. We're getting two Marvel shows and the Mandalorian season two and uh, a couple other things. But um, but yeah, it was definitely like like a hundred percent confirmed at that point. Cause I know that with like John Favreau confirmed that they were filming it. And there was the, there was the tweet of the Gamorrean and all that jazz or Gamorrean. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was right. And, uh, but yeah, the, the, the fact that Disney plus actually like put it out there, not just Jan- John Favreau. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 We know we're getting it fall of 2020. So that's good. But yeah. Hell yeah. All so, right. Everybody can go ahead and cancel their Disney Plus now until the fall. See, I saw I, I saw reports yeah, of people dude, doing that. Thing. They're gonna get it back when fucking Loki comes out. They're gonna get it back in February when. Uh, oh, I know. I just think it's dumb that people Clone are Wars. doing it. I mean, it's like seven fucking dollars. Come <laughs> on, people. Hey, man. Like we, we were we were talking about that. I mean, we talked about that on our show. Like, if if that's breaking the bank for you, like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You need to make some lifestyle choices somewhere, yeah. some changes. I'll cancel the one monthly Twitch subscription that I have for five dollars a month. Yeah. Disney Club. It's fine. Um well why don't we move on to these films? Let's go ahead and move on to uh Six Underground. Six Underground. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it, that's where this movie belongs. Really? <laughs> Man. I fucking here's the thing. I don't want to use the term "love" this movie because Hachi Machi is a mess. Yeah, it's a fucking mess. All right, you had fun with this movie, didn't you? I did because it is a it is not I won't say high budget, but it's a it's a pretty large budget B movie. Um, it's it's it is the most over the top shit I have seen in a hot minute. It is what I love about the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, they're just dumb. They're just fucking stupid, and they're so much fun. Just a blast. You turn off your brain this, and you just enjoy it. This was what if Michael Bay directed the Fast and the Furious movies, and then tried to put a political twist on it, like, oh, let's have them, 
stage a coup. Uh, okay. I don't know who I don't know who wrote it. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Because... Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you exactly who wrote it: Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese. I don't know who that is. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'd have to say I'd have to see who they what what else they've made. But oh, let me tell you what else they've made uh, as writers. Rhett Reese. He. Uh, let me see. <laughs> As He's a producer on a lot of stuff that Ryan Reynolds is. Yeah, yeah, but he wrote Monsters Inc., but it was additional screenplay material. Let's see. Uh, where is his big things? The big things that he did. He I mean, wrote I the original. He wrote the original Zombie Land. <laughs> I think he wrote your favorite was, G.I. Joe movie. <laughs> nah, well, that's only favorite by default because the first one was so bad. <laughs> This was only partially bad. Uh, yeah, so he wrote G.I. Joe Retaliation. He created the Joe, show, Joe Schmo show on uh, Spike TV. Uh, well, he wrote the first you. Deadpool. He wrote both Deadpools. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, and Paul Wernick, you know, I think he is a writing partner. Uh Let's see. Yeah, I think they work together because I'm looking at their writing. They work together, like, Zombieland, shit. all the yeah, all those. So, some of their stuff I enjoy, some of their stuff I don't. This falls into the. They very clearly, very very clearly write schlock, and I love it. They absolutely do. Um, the plot to this movie is about on par with like the worst of the uh, uh, Call of Duty games. Um. It is absurd. Um, the my favorite thing about this is that so so the idea the general idea is that Brian Reynolds is a billionaire who puts together a group of people who don't know each other's names. So instead, he just gives them numbers, and it's hard. It's the hardest thing to remember because it's just one through six. Nothing's yeah. sp- <laughs> fucking stupid. I love one. You're two. You're three. You're four. You're five. You're six. It's so funny. I. Here's the I I know I know that they got Ryan Reynolds in here because they knew the script was ridiculous and I knew that Ryan agreed to it because he knew it was ridiculous and they were having fun. It was very it was abundantly clear to me that this cast was having fun making this movie, except um, for maybe Dave Franco. Well, because he was only in it for all of ten minutes for taking a forklift blade through the neck. Well, that was the scene in the movie that I knew I knew what I was getting into for the rest of the film. Because yeah, of that me too. <laughs> I, I love I was that you like, really I was like, like these kind of movies. I was like five minutes in. I was like, oh no, how long I is was, this? And I was like, oh, I got two more hours. See, I was exactly polar <laughs> opposite. I was like, I was like, oh fuck yeah, this is a dumb action movie. I am in popcorn seatbelt. Let's go. I fucking I mean, loved it, dude. Like, I it's I knew you were gonna dislike it. Not hate it, because, I mean, there's nothing to really hate about this movie. No, no, I don't hate it. I'm just, it's like, yeah, there's much more things I'd rather do with two hours of my time. Let me put it this way. there's also a lot of things I would rather, you know, I'm glad I'm not doing, too. So it's not a total loss. Right. But it's just like, huh. There are certain movies that you'll go, and and I use this analogy for the... Star Wars trilogy, but I'm going to use it again for this movie and other movies. There are some movies you go to where it is a 
full course meal. You know, you get the steak and the, the, the vegetables and the potato and, and, and like you get a biscuit on the side or like a, like a, like a, a dinner roll or some shit, you know, like you're really happy with your dinner and it, and it yeah, meant and something. Some, like there was a and lot you get to some it. appetizer and a little bit of dessert, you know, full meal. Yeah. This movie's a big ass piece of cake. It is, it is not <laughs> filling. It's empty calories, but it tasted delicious. Um, that's this movie. It's definitely cake because fuck cake. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I can't uh, call it pie. I can't call it pie. It's Here's not pie because pies are delicious. Cakes, it also has yes. pie. Arguably has nutrients because of fucking uh, fruit. <laughs> well, yeah. If you don't put sugar in them, they have. Nutrients. Even if you put sugar in it, there's still apple. Like if you still have apple <laughs> or some other piece of fruit, there's still some kind hey, of dude, vitamin you throw, in there. You throw enough cinnamon and sugar and syrups on an apple, there's no nutritional value left other than okay, I'm full for five minutes. Let's be fucking fair here. Um. So this is yeah, this is this is maybe some Walmart brand great value apple pie filling. <laughs> on a on a Pillsbury crust <laughs> that wasn't par baked and pulled out of the oven about five minutes too fucking early. That's what this is. If you're going to go with food analogies, I would disagree wholeheartedly, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, shit. Let, let's get let's let's finish breaking down the plot here because there's oh, not man. too much go, to say about it. Go go right ahead. You got you got numbers one through six here on this job, and it turned out to be a total clusterfuck. And six, who is their wheelman, dies on their very first mission together. Now you have two, who is an ex CIA agent. Uh, I mean Ryan Reynolds, he's obviously one, um, but two ex CIA agents. So she is the only one who is competent in anything. Uh, then you have three who I can't remember what his specialty was other than being uh, he loves his mom and likes to. Uh, then you have four, like an ex. He uh, character development for characters that didn't have any development. Yeah, yeah. Well, he they called him the Skywalker because he was a parkour oh. expert and ran across rooftops and jumped over fucking trash cans on the sidewalk. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and then there was, there was five. She was the model who... I want you... Time out, time out, time out. I want a podcast, a side podcast that's just Josh watching, forcingly watching the fucking Fast and Furious movies and then oh reviewing them as grudgingly <laughs> as, 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 as possible. Yeah, Holy shit. And then you have seven. Oh. An, ex, an ex-operator. Ex-military, legitimate guy who's taking these missions seriously and, you know, trying to rally them as a team because, you know, this don't work unless you've got my back and I got your back kind of thing. And we he very clearly came from together. the school of, of, of Fast and the Furious because he's like, we're all going to be family. And their oh, whole thing is there is a terrible dictator government somewhere on the other side of the planet whose people are suffering and they just want to take this dickhead out and put his democracy loving brother into power. And through a whole bunch of movie magic and Michael Bay booms, they do so. And miraculously the fucking military who was loyal to the asshole brother 
absolutely just loved, adored, and revered the fucking new democracy loving brother because he's like, do it for your country. And they did it for their country. Fucking stupid movie. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours of that shit. Oh, I I was having a grand old time with this. So I I, 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 I somebody would have fun with it. I like fun. I just that's not my version of fun. Well, what's what's I think is really funny is like I had the same feeling watching this and knowing how you were going to feel about it as I did watching. Um, I think you should leave. Um, like I I I've known you long enough, Josh, where I know what kind of things you're into, and I know you were going to hate this. Well, again, not hate, but just from, not have a great time watching it. You know, from the trailer. It didn't look as bad as it was. Trailer fooled me. Um, <laughs> yeah. God, well, man. why don't we go ahead and give it a grade? <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I, I'll give it a D. Wow. It's um. Here's the thing. Ryan Reynolds is funny in it. Um, the cinematography is awesome when it's not flying by at 85 miles an hour in neon green fucking Ferraris um, on the streets of Italy and in museums because that makes fucking sense and it's not going to stand out at all. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you're not out running a fucking helicopter in a fucking lime green fucking sports car on a fucking cobblestone road. You're just fucking not. Um, so, yeah, um explosions were pretty um and you know the 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 font on the credits was really really good so digging deep for some some positives uh yeah because there's not a lot i don't have a i mean <laughs> it was a very fast mess i guess because it was all over the place, man. I mean, it was just like Popeye's chicken coming out of me and Tyler's, Tyler F's floor uh, cool. that night. That's how all over the place it was. Hachi machi. I'm glad, I'm glad we mentioned that again. Um, I'll never not mention that story. It's great. <laughs> I, I, I'm giving it a B. Like, not even a B minus, just a B. I had so much fun watching this movie. Um, I, I don't know if you've picked up on it, guys, listening to this review or listening to me in the past, but I love dumb schlock. I love stuff that he just does. Really... He loves Space Jam. I, I swear to God, I'm going to drop kick you. Gonna... <laughs> I'd pay 10 to... bucks to see that. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I'd buy you a plane ticket just to come out here and then give you $10 on top of that to do it. Oh, Oh, $10. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I paid for your fucking plane ticket. God, you're fucking needy. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny. I'm just fly by, see, flying over there for an attempt at $10. I mean, um, you could hang out for a bit, too. Nah, I'll just take another flight home immediately. <laughs> I'm God, around, be... not getting you a round trip ticket. Who the fuck you think I am? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Oh, hope your butthole's clean because you're about to make some money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I had a really, I had a lot of fun watching it. It's, it's silly. It's stupid. Don't get me wrong. It is, it is on par with the Fast and the Furious movie. It is on par. It's on par with half of the movies that the rock stars in. 
Um, it is, it is, it, it, like I said, it's a piece of cake to me. It is, it's, it's really, I, I enjoy cake a lot. I really think it tastes well or tastes good. Like when I'm having a piece of cake, but I know that there's nothing in it that's good for me. Would and you I don't say care. that this movie is moist or super moist? Uh, it's just moist. It's not super, super moist is, is the rock flexing off a of fucking cast. That's super moist. Um, I mean, this, this literally had a fucking little blonde haired British dude run almost straight down a sloped arching dome of a building that there is no way humanly possible with physics that he could have done so without fucking repelling. I understand, okay. but I also I also paid ten dollars to sit in a theater to watch a guy drive a fucking Lamborghini from between buildings in Dubai. Okay, so you know, tomato, tomato. I'm I'm just saying that's that's pretty much the epitome of the Rock flexing his cast off his arm. Daddy's got to go to work. I don't see. Here's the thing: is that there's layers to that. There's layers to the Rock doing that. Whereas the guy running down, eh? I've seen it. I've seen things like that. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's not. It's not. It's not physics. It's not physically possible, but at the same time, it's not funny. The Rock flexing off the fucking cast is hilarious. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it's, it's fucking funny. It's, I don't care who you are. Like, if you don't think that's funny, I don't know what to tell you because that shit's hilarious. Um, but uh, uh the, the, yeah, the guy running down is 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 on par, Josh, with like. The, the crazy stunts that happen in, in Fast and the Furious, like catching somebody, you know, going 100 miles an hour and they're going 100 miles an hour and you catch them on the, on the bridge. And then toss a cheeseburger over to them and they catch it in perfect sync. Yeah. Mm. You forgot your lunch. I'm just saying. I mean, that's how dumb it seemed. <laughs> I think, I think you want the things you want in movies. Just, I don't know what you want anymore, Josh. Well, I mean, I want to be entertained. And don't get me wrong. I understand that there are a lot of people that will be entertained by this. Just not me. Like, oh, I, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie, even though it is. It I mean, is about, you, I mean if, it, it, it's a brain rotter. It's, it's what your parents warn you about. Yeah. But this it's, it's, is definitely this is definitely stuff that my grandma would have warned me against. See, that's um, the thing is, I I usually watch movies with way too much analysis and and uh, I, I, oh, I think about what I'm watching as I'm watching it and and stuff like this just doesn't make me do that and I think that's why no. I really dig it. And I get that this is an easy way to shut off your mind for two fucking hours because there's like, nothing like yeah there's nothing boom pow zoom woo yeah. It is it is it is bright flash colors, sorry, bright shapes and colors, much like a child watching a cartoon. Or, you know, and I a love ladies, it for that. a lady's sex toy. Mm. Wow. All right. You I said agree. bright shapes and colors. Yeah, I did say that. Or you know I regret it now, but yeah, I did say that. Anyone's <laughs> sex toy just doesn't have to be a lady's sex toy. Why don't we go ahead and move on to Irishman? How about that? But, but, <laughs> on that butt, plugs, butt plugs are a thing. Just saying. <laughs> Why don't we move on to the three and a half hour fucking movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Martin Scorsese. He uh, he made this movie. Um, 
the Irishman. Now, um, let me pull up a little thing about the Irishman here. Now, love this it. stars. This stars. Oh, you loved it. Loved it. Uh, th this stars Robert De Niro as Frank the Irishman Sheeran. Um, it also stars Joe Pesci as Russell Buffalino, and Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, along with Ray Romano and Bobby Cannavale and Anna Paquin, who has like one line in the whole fucking film. Um, Ray Romano's good in that. That, that other yeah, game. he's. I love that dude. In anything. Harvey Keitel, uh, Jesse Plemons. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in this movie. And it's a long movie. Mm -hmm. Three hours, 29 minute runtime. And it's based on a book called I Heard You Paint Houses. Um, Frank Sheeran, he was a high ranking individual in the International Brotherhood of Teamsters back in the uh, 60s and 70s. And he apparently became good friends with Jimmy Hoffa um, doing personal errands for Jimmy Hoffa and was also good buddies with Russell Buffalino. Uh, according to him, he is the guy that killed Jimmy Hoffa. And this is the story about that. And, and, and that's what's really funny about this movie watching it is I don't believe a word that he said in that book well the, and, and here's the thing almost nobody does yeah uh in yeah. fact the house in detroit where he claims to have killed jimmy hoffa dna samples taken from that have proven that whatever whoever dna that was was not jimmy hoffa's dna right 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 but for the sake of argument uh this fictional story is really good yeah, the, yeah, this fictional story based on historical events, you know, one man's account of what maybe went down, but probably didn't, uh, at least not the Hoffa stuff. The other stuff was proven to have gone down, like him going to the uh, new Cadillac laundry service in Delaware mm -hmm. and getting ready to firebomb it. You know, that was actually Angelo Bruno's fucking business and uh, Russell Buffalino, you know, had him spare him and that's when they said all right you're going to go murder whispers Dottilio, and that was how he got to be a house painter in the mob yeah i mean that stuff was all factually yeah. true i just don't think the hoffa stuff was true at all i think there's also a lot of stuff that he talks about in in who he killed and where he killed and all that kind of stuff that's also not accurate but yeah I mean, like expand uh, you know like uh embellished quite heavily like we know he was in world he was a world war ii veteran mm -hmm. and he does have combat record like his deployment was like average average uh deployment was like 100 days his was like 450 some days okay, and then it's like like he's maybe he's just straight up like embellishing but then it's like when he's recalling all this shit like he's 80 yeah, you know, he's like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, how accurately can you describe something that happened ten years I, ago? You know, <laughs> I know, I know. And at the time he made this confession, he was eighty-two, and he died a year later. Yeah, uh, at age eighty-three. Um, so, and a lot of people have pointed out, like, why would he lie about it? Because he has nothing to lose at that point. And it's like, I get that, but also, 
if you, they believe you, it, my name is infamy. Yeah. And at that point in his life, I got like, you know, just some attention. Like he was a lonely dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something. But I, I'll just say, like, how, do you guys normally just, like go through the plot of these or just kind of? We give a brief synopsis and hit on okay. points and, you know, talk about what we think is good. And, it really uh, depends on the story, too, because, like, there's, yeah. some, there's some things that we won't talk about too much because we don't want to spoil it. But this also, yeah. also, this is an old story that was made into a new movie, so. Yeah, and it Whatever. took apparently a long time for Scorsese to get off the ground, mm-hmm. and no movie studio would touch it because of the de-aging involved, because of the cast he wanted to do, refusing to recast uh, the actors, you know, clearly 40 years prior, refusing to use anybody else. We'll just do the de-aging technique on these three actors, Pesci, De Niro, and uh, Pacino, and that technology to do that was really pricey. And apparently Netflix was the only people that would be like, yeah, we'll do it. Here's yeah, the I, thing though. I if think we do works, this. Man. If we do this, you only get a 30 day theatrical run instead of the 80 day, 80 some days you're wanting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people got mad about that, but I mean, I think it was the only way this movie was ever going to get made. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm, Shit, I don't care. Cool, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. I think aging. Uh, I think it for the most part worked. You know, there's there's a couple for the most part where where it threw me, but yeah. The, the biggest, one of the things. Go ahead, go ahead, Greg. I was gonna say one of the things that really threw me was just that I know that um, Joe Pesci is is younger than uh, De Niro. Uh, not maybe yeah. not by many very many years, but the fact that he is significantly older in this to Robert De Niro and calls him kid, yeah. just I was like, mm, boy. <laughs> yeah, that 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 didn't. Um, I mean, I didn't know that until now. So that that luckily, <laughs> you know, I didn't. didn't well, uh, let's see. De Niro is uh, seventy six. Pacino is seventy nine, and Pesci is seventy six. Actually. Uh, Pesci is older than De Niro by February to August. I thought it was so. the other way. Okay. All right. Whatever. So they're the well, same I, age. I thought he was, well, when I, let me clarify. When I say I thought he was older, I'm talking about by a small margin, regardless, like a couple years is what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, or what I thought I heard. So yeah, it's definitely not a situation where like it matters too much, but for the sake of the characters, there is a significant age difference. Yeah, there's at least a 20-year age gap, at least. Yeah. Well, one of the things that did take me out, even though they used uh, de-aging, uh, I was reading where they had to use stand-ins for certain body motions for them to get up quickly from chairs. No, dude. So these guys are in their late 70s. Old, dude. That, that was one of the ones that whenever... Um, he was beating up that dude that like owned that yeah. store. I was like, it, it's a young man's face, but like just the way his body moved, I was like, that's an old man's body. And and that that's mm-hmm. what, that is the one moment. Yeah, and that 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 took me out for a second. Put a, put it's like body. you got a seventy six year old Robert De Niro throwing <clears throat> this guy through a plate glass store door, and then going to kick him and stomp him, and he looks like an old man that's yeah, trying to stop like a cockroach. Man. You know, and I was just like, 
Oof. Yeah, that, that he was, might, uh, he, he might feel that kick for about 30 seconds and then get <laughs> yeah. up and laugh, but that was, that was the worst instance. That's definitely one where they should have used a stunt guy. Mm-hmm. You know, done it. <laughs> stunt cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second um, orgasmo reference I've made on a podcast tonight. <laughs> we, we, we looked at a, a Hasbro Siege Omega Supreme. And we were talking about the base mode of it and how the arms formed the rocket of the base and the way Ace was holding it on camera. I was like, cock rocket. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, uh, this movie, man, and, and I'll just say kind of as a whole, it felt like, I just feel like this could be Martin Scorsese's last movie. Interesting. Because I, I, I feel like it just hit like all of his... Different kind of movie beats throughout his career. It definitely had a lot of his beats in it, and you know, I mean, he's seventy-seven, so he's no spring chicken himself. Yeah, I know, man. I don't see him doing a big undertaking like this afterwards. And yeah. I've heard, I've heard various reactions, but I've heard generally, overall, a lot of praise. And I know, like Bobby said, this is the best movie he's watched all year. Um, and that's saying a lot. That's that, that's heavy year. I don't think it's that good. I, I mean, there's there's <laughs> clearly a lot better Scorsese offerings. Uh, you know, The Departed. Say, yeah, was Departed amazing. is amazing. Wolf of Wall Street. Um, you know, gangs of New York. Have you guys uh, seen? Did you see Silence that he made? I did not. No, I didn't. Got, got Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver and Liam Neeson. It's okay. It's, it's, now I want to watch it. Yeah, I was so like, it's, it's about like these uh, Jesuit missionaries in Japan in like the 1800s, and and it's and it's heavy and it's a long movie. But kind of what I was saying with like this being his last movie, it's like that that. I feel like we got beats of like, er, like not early Scorsese because that dude's been around for a while. Like we, like it felt a lot like Goodfellas. It's especially at the beginning with with the music and just like the fast pace kind of how they rush through things, which which I love because to me that's just engrossing. Like it gets me hooked to the movie, you know. But then like with the with the last part after, you know, like when when he's in like the nursing home and whatever like that, that kind of felt more like, like that movie silence just with like that kind of long and drawn out things, which, which I think was intentional just to kind of make you feel that, that there are consequences to living a life like that. Right. Right. It, it all, whether it's jail time or whether you're like him just fucking alone and old and waiting to die, you know? That's that's I think that's the the part of the movie that I liked the most was the the idea that you can live a life of a badass you really really can but at the end of the day we all end up in the same way yeah and it, and it like it's, it catches up to you you know catches up to you and I, and and that that sequence was long it was drawn out but but as like I said I, I think it was intentional and and if it made you feel a certain way I think that was the point yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I oh, um. That was a stag cracking open. That's what that was. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that sound. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy that I watched it. I'm happy that I got to see it because I do love Scorsese's work. Um, even though he's a bit of a pretentious douche when it comes to Marvel. Uh, well, I, I will I say this. That a bit. <laughs> do, do what? I said, when, when he first made those comments, I felt strongly about it, kind of against what he was saying. But then in the in the last, or like since then, I, I've kind of changed my tune on that. Well, I agree with him that, it, that it, those movies it, are all, they're... they're... This movie ha- is a big reason for that. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean I, I, I get... I get what he said, and I agree with what he said, but I just don't agree with how he said it. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Is like yeah, exactly. calling the calling Marvel movies uh, theme park rides is nothing bad. Um, it's Dude, I love a- theme park rides. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I used to ride them when I was one hundred percent of a person. Um. Hell, even saying that they're not for you is no, there's no problem in that. I don't remember the director, but there was a director that was asked about uh, Scorsese's words. And he goes, uh, I think Scorsese was being nice because what I would have said was a lot harsher. And oh, that I'm, was um, shit. Yeah, was it was Francis to, Ford Coppola. It was Ford Coppola, yeah, because he was like, I find him despicable. Like, whoa, okay, Are bud. <laughs> but you know. but uh, yeah, regardless, the, the, this is a fucking masterpiece of a film. It really, really is. It it um, I, I'm. It, I don't think it's his strongest work, but it's. Oh, solid. I. But I agree. I, I, I agree. I, yeah, I, I'm with you, but I don't think that's knocking it at all. No, no. Some awesome, awesome. He's done some amazing films that I enjoy, like Taxi Driver and Cape Fear, and. Yeah, I was like, think of it from this perspective. If I'm calling this movie a masterpiece, but it's not as good as his previous work, that should tell that you says a lot. Says that it says a lot for his previous bodies of work. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I got I got mad respect for the man. You know, mm-hmm. love a lot of his movies. Um, I just didn't love this one as much. You yeah, know, sure. but I don't think it's bad in any way. It's long, but it is entertaining. Some of the stuff is historically accurate. Some of it's total horseshit, most likely. <laughs> But it's a good movie. Uh, it, yeah, I I think it's a good. It was a good vehicle for Martin Scorsese to use this particular story, and even if it is bullshit in the way that he did, because it 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 gave life to something that was a lot more entertaining than probably the truth. Yeah. Yeah. But um, do we want to give it a grade? Do any, any final thoughts before we go to that? I no. mean, I just want to say, just like to the cast of it, I, I think everybody did a fantastic job. Joe Pesci, in particular, he that dude, that dude, he uh, he was fantastic in this. Yeah, I felt so I sad for his character, Dan. Oh yeah, yeah, but but I think in this, he was he was just a scene stealer, man. Just like it's like he was just so still. Yeah, that, that, that's it, something that. that his his portrayal and depiction of that character made you feel emotionally bad for a terrible fucking person. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it was just one of those muted, understated performances, and and that that in this is a subjective thing. Like that is just something that I 
I love and appreciate. You know, when yeah, you, this you can this wasn't stuff. Lethal Weapon three and four, Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, when, this when, was Goodfellas, Joe Pesci. When you can do so much with saying and doing so little, you know, and and and, and, I, and I wish he was still acting regularly, but I think if the, again, kind of like I said with, with Scorsese, like if this is his last movie, go out with a bang, you know, go out on. Like I, right. I think he deserves all the recognition in the world for that role. He's, he was incredible. Um, yeah, I, I was just—I loved Andrew Garcia's portrayal of of Jimmy Hoffa in this. I thought he did a great job. Andrew oh boy, Garcia. Oh boy, did, Andrew Garcia. You went to middle school with him? No. <laughs> that that. What what, Andrew, what did I say? Wrong? Andrew Andrew Garcia was in The Godfather Three. Al Pacino. Um, Al Pacino. <laughs> oh my bad. If you haven't uh, listening to our show, if you haven't caught that by now, Sam Greg's terrible with fucking names. There's like seven people on the planet he can remember the names of regularly. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck you off. Call him Andy Garcia instead of Andrew Garcia. Like he's just... all right. Al Pacino's portrayal. Jesus Christ. I thought it was. Now very you're Al talking Pacino. about Al. Pacino and not Al Pacino from Tropic I, I'm going to. I'm going to. Booty sweat. I'm going to pay for my own goddamn ticket Answer. to come drunk at you. So Greg, <laughs> Greg, do you think that um, Al Pacino just kind of played himself? Yes, that's what I'm yeah. trying to get at this okay. whole time. Was that Al Pacino did a good job? He did a good job as himself. Yeah, because and, and I don't know much about the guy, but I hear like Jimmy Hoffa was more of a more kind of weaselly type dude. Oh yeah. Which like he I, was uh, way more uh, collected. He wasn't as angry. Yeah, which I don't get from Al Pacino. Even though I thought, like he, like you said, I, he was he was captivating as well. I thought he was hilarious. You know. Yeah. 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 No, it was it was it was really fun. That I think that's the thing is that I feel like this movie could have probably uh, um, benefited from being just based on instead of. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, I don't get hung up on that, but if, if they're saying it's a true story. That, they're marketing it as that. Yeah, yeah just, just say say what it is. Like you said, if it's based on, say based on. No problem. No problem. It's not going to change my my experience. No, because it's, I mean, it's so much fun to watch. Like I, I funny enough, there was a, there's a group, there's a discord group I'm a part of, of a bunch of people who are really young. And and over half of them, probably most of them, have no fucking clue who uh, Jimmy Hoffa is, or know who Al Pacino is, or yeah, haven't the seen him work. For that is is dwindling, you know. Right. Um. So when I was uh, when I was talking to them about the whole thing, I you know I mentioned how the story is a lot of bullshit, and they were just like, "How is it bullshit? I don't understand." And I had to like go through the whole fucking thing, and I'm like, "Do you all like?" Just not pay attention to certain things. Like, how does that work? But it, I don't know. I, I uh, I'm, I'm assuming that I'm in that same Discord. No, you're not. Oh, no, I'm it, not in the heat. It's not the heat Discord. It's not the heat Discord. I, I would oh. tell you which one it is, but it's um, not one I'm necessarily proud of. Oh, okay. It's, oh, I get it. It's your furry love Discord. That's fine. I'm not. I'm going to. I'm going. I'm going to hurt you. It's going to happen, Josh. I'm going to end the podcast forever, and then I'm going <laughs> no, to. You're not. No, you're not. <laughs> oh boy. 
Uh, yeah. Well, well, I was going to say, what? you know, I, was, I have to give a large part of the heat discord. You know, I'm pretty sure they know who Al Pacino is, at least. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, the people that are active in there, I would argue that uh, <laughs> Swimming doesn't know who the fuck it is, but... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to call him out anymore because that's rude and mean. But you know what I'm talking about if you know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, guys, why don't we go ahead and wrap up the conversation about uh, uh, watch or Jesus Christ, Irishman. Almost said Watchmen. Um, uh, with our grades. Uh, Sam, why don't you go first on that? Um, I, I give it an A minus. There, there were some like, granted, yeah, it's three hours long, but even with that, um, like there, there's still some parts that I, that I felt dragged. Maybe didn't need to be as long, but but then they were intentional, which I understand. But still, I think maybe there's a better way they could they could have done some sequences. I'm not the guy to figure out how to do it because I'm not getting paid to do that. But um, I I just thought the the cast was. It was stellar. Um, and, and then it's, again, similar to Goodfellas, The Departed, too. Like, it's just, just Scorsese, like, from the first frame, like, this movie just got me. You know, and, and Josh, you know how, like, how little amount of, like, new content that I watch. I watched this movie twice already, you know? Yeah, and, I, I watched it twice, too. Yeah. Like so, I, I think to me that speaks. So if I'm willing to find the time to watch that, then then I enjoyed it. But yeah, I I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. That's good. Uh, um, I, you know, uh, I'll go ahead and go and let you go last, Greg, since I went last. I, I was window. I was literally shutting up so you could talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed it as well. You know, um, uh, watched it all in one go the first time. Second Ooh. time I. Paused it for like 10 minutes to make a sandwich and then went back to finish it. But, you know, it was really good, really entertaining. Um, you know, it's got all the classic Scorsese-isms in it. Um, that being said, I don't think it was his strongest work, but it's still a strong film. And I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's the best thing I watched all year, but it's a solid fucking A for me. Um, you know, really, really... Uh, I, I love period pieces anyway. Me too. So this was a lot of a, a, a nice in-depth look at a. It was a vast period because it really spanned over ten years, and then you know shoots forward because his mm -hmm. prison sentence was like thirteen years, and that was all of like two minutes in the movie, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's out and in a nursing home. Um, but yeah, uh, really good. Uh, definitely worth checking out. If you're a Scorsese fan at all, definitely watch it. If you're not, and you just want a good, solid fucking movie, watch it. Um, yeah, I, I mirror what you guys say a lot. I, I, I feel like there are way too many. I'll put this. I'll put it this way: this movie is an hour too long, straight up. Um, I think there's a lot that could have been taken out, a lot that could have been changed to be more entertaining. Um. But overall, you know, it's it's Martin Scorsese probably having fun with his friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of how I <laughs> wanted to watch it. And Bobby, um, kick the shit out of this guy on the sidewalk. Really, really well into him. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, yeah, get up uh, out of my seat. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 a good one. I I I don't know if I gave it a grade. I said uh, B B B plus. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, because it's it's again, it's very well acted. It's very it's very interesting. I love seeing um like like I said, Al Pacino plays Al Pacino, but you get. Mm-hmm. This this breath of, of fresh air from Al Pac- uh, from uh, uh, Joe Pesci, who uh, oh, yeah, so was playing good. a completely different role. Um, I I love seeing Robert De Niro in more of um, a, a like a like a, a a taken back role a little bit. Like he didn't feel as imposing. And and one yeah, some of my he, favorite he was like kind of like the the quote unquote like new guy in all of this. In, in, yeah. I One like- of my favorite things in this movie, like there's a scene in in the hotel room between, um, uh, Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa. Thank you, Jimmy Hoffa. My God, <laughs> between Jimmy Hoffa and and uh, Frank, and they're talking about literally their feelings, how they felt about a situation, mm-hmm. how he feels about a guy, and how he feels about like if if they respect him or not. And I'm just like. Yeah, these these te- these tough guys, these these guys that are supposed to be you know gangsters and badasses and and don't fuck with them and all this kind of shit are are basically just sitting on a bed talking about boys. Yeah, but I <laughs> but I liked it because it was it 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 was uh, hmm. it was different than other gangster movies. You don't well, ever think, see I, that I think something like that. It's like it 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 it, it lightens up, so it's like a little break to the tension. And then and, and it makes them vulnerable. And, and anytime you make a character a character vulnerable, it makes them relatable. Yeah, yeah, just basically yeah. humanizing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was I, I really really dug that. But uh, I also liked how whenever, uh, uh, um, oh my god, Frank was talking to somebody else, uh, he was very unsure of himself. He wasn't this like uber badass that you had always known him to be or whatever. And, and just, I, I loved that stuff, but yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, he was like, wouldn't look a, people in the eye and mumbled a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like a, kind of a, for me, a callback to, to the Mandalorian. Like we talked about, like they're, they're not perfect. Like they're flawed. They're, they're figuring things out as they go. And I, I, I love that shit. Yeah. So it's it's a very good watch if you love like we said if you love uh, Scorsese's work if you love his his past work you're gonna really like this movie but if you're like me or either one of these two and you know the actual history and you know the story behind everything you know that this is a false telling if you will but definitely a better vehicle for a film so um yeah I don't know what else to say. That's that's it. That's it for the podcast. Uh, Sam, thank you so 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 much for joining us. Yeah, it has thanks been, for having me. Oh man, you have been uh, a breath of fresh air in terms of opinion because I am getting tired of Josh's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sadly, Sam has to put up with it every week. Uh, too. I, I get to shit every week, man. <laughs> um, guys, next week. Uh, uh, well, actually, what, what's going to happen is that this episode is going to come out Friday, and there'll be a second episode also on Friday, which Josh and I will be recording very soon. Um, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Well, yeah. <laughs> but if you're listening to this now, we did this shit yesterday. Yep. In the past. Uh, 
our uninhibited will be uh, a couple things. I don't have anything planned yet, but I'm sure I will. But definitely another round of can Greg not completely get everything wrong when Josh gives some crazy headlines. Um, oh, baby. God, I don't know, Sam, if you've heard us do that, but I am no. awful at figuring out the the, the fake headline. Just I, I go, terrible at it. I go and I find uh, 10 out, outrageously crazy news headlines. Usually starts by Googling Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pick five that are true. And then I make up five based off of the other ones and oh make Greg God. guess which one's the real <laughs> one, which one's the fake ones. That's hilarious. It is because he'll sit there and try to get logical with the shit. And I'm like, Florida mm. man, man, they're not logical. That's a good thing. Hey. It's Florida man, man. The logicalness <laughs> that I'm going with is like, what would Josh have made out versus what's real? That's, that's, that's my logic. The, and it never pans out. It's the, I should because just go the beauty of it is, is this is shit that I can see happening right out my back door. If I look hard enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I it's it's tough. I mean, I I think the best I did was on week one where I got three out of five. That yeah, the best I did. Every week has been like four to five or uh, one out of five or zero. Sure enough, there's one week I got none. Yep. But we haven't done it in a hot minute. We really, really haven't. So we should definitely do that this yeah, upcoming we'll, episode. We'll bring that back in the in the uninhibited. But yeah, another um, episode on Friday. Yeah. Two episodes. And then, and then next Friday, uh, Josh and I will be back with another review of The Witcher, which I'm excited to get into. I have not started watching yet, and um, I have already watched it and finished it as of uh, Saturday. It's getting very mixed reviews, which is fascinating. So I'm I'm yeah. very interested to get into it. It's also knocked off the Mandalorian as the most streamed and watched show in the world. However. I think that's just due to the sheer overwhelming numbers of Netflix subscribers versus Disney Plus subscribers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not to say tell that... you anything demeaning about the show, which you can hear my thoughts on it next week on January the 10th episode. Yeah, I was going to say, the other thing about that show that it should be abundantly clear is it's actually based on the books and not the games. Yes, yes. Well, even the games are based upon beats from the books. Right, right, right. But this is... It was originally a series of short stories that were published in magazines that were then collected into a small novel and then another collection that followed. And then they wrote actual novel length stories after that. So the first season of this show follows that premise. So you, yeah, but we'll talk more about that in depth. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. Like, it's a thing. But anyway, uh, the other show we're going to be watching is season two of Lost in Space, which we reviewed season one a long time ago. Yeah, uh, it was actually, it was the last review episode we did before they cut off my leg. Holy shit, really? I think so. I have to go back and look at that. I can, but yeah, I, Jesus. Can, I can look very quickly. Um, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about season two. We, we, we really liked season one. Uh, there's a few things that we weren't biggest fans of, but that's fine. It was it was a good sci-fi story. So, yeah. Um, so if you want to catch up with us, watch Witcher uh, and uh, uh, Lost in Space Season 2. Uh, join us uh, in literally, like, the next day, I think, yeah. or some yeah. of that effect. 
uh, when we uh, do some uh, uninhibited bullshit. Uh, it, yeah, it was it was two episodes before because Cobra Kai and Agritsuko was the morning route before. Uh, yeah, your favorite show, Agritsuko. Well, it's not my least favorite show, that's for sure. <laughs> Devil Man Crybaby is still the worst thing I've ever had to watch for his uh, I disagree. I would rather watch Devil Man Crybaby than either of those shows that we watched. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Kiss Me First and oh, uh, <laughs> that god awful movie. Oh, I really want to go through the same week. I really want to go through all of our shows and 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 uh, do a not transcript, but like a write down like what we what each of us gave it a grade of and see what our worst is. But anyway, well that that was the worst because we that was the first time we both gave both things we watched goddamn ifs. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's I think it's the first and only time. Yeah, it was. It was uh, Mute it's and Kiss Me bad. First, the July 27th, 2018 episode. episode Mute, number, Mute was not, we did not give both number 22. Oh, we didn't? No, we gave D's to Mute, if I'm not mistaken, because we didn't hate it. We just thought it was really poorly made. Um, hmm. But Kiss Me First, my God, that, that show is a, just a garbage heap. Uh and that's the thing is like I did I I I asked Josh to be a part of this podcast because of our differing opinions. I knew that we weren't going to see eye to eye on everything, and I thought that was a really fresh take on a podcast, especially for a review podcast. So the fact that neither of us found any redeeming quality in Kiss Me First is saying a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, guys. Again, like I said, Witcher, Lost in Space season two. Join us for that. It's going to be fun. Uh, Sam. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, where where can they find you online? You can find me um, on Instagram, uh, Insta Sam eight nine, and then uh, Sam Mead in the in on Facebook and in the groups and everything. And then every Friday night with uh, with Josh here on the Masterpiece Ship Piece Theater on the Roma Collectors YouTube channel. Check it out. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, Josh, why don't you plug yeah. all that shit? Why don't you plug all this stuff? I'll plug all the things, uh, you know, I'll get to myself in a minute, but as for this show, all queued up, um, in the show notes below that, there will be links to where you can join our discord server and where you can actually chat with Greg and I on any day of the week. Cause we always keep discord pretty active and unless we're sleeping, we're active on discord. Um, you can go and buy yourself a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a nice blanket, a carry bag, whatever you want with our cartoon mugs on them sons of bitches at our Redbubble store. The link will be there. Uh, you can Thank also you again join to, uh, Genocide Squirrel for that, that art. Oh, also a big shout out to him. I woke up this morning to receive a gift on Steam. Uh, he got me an uh, awesome, awesome game, a uh, little indie game, kind of part Chrono Trigger part uh uh you know it's, it was it's like chrono chrono trigger in space cosmic star heroin so that was really cool that oh. he and mckay gave me that so yeah. shout out to them that was awesome thank you um but yeah you can follow uh the link below there will be the facebook 
official Facebook page where we post official news about the show. You can follow that there. There's the Facebook discussion group that Greg and I both swear every week we need to be more active in, and we never make a post in. The last time we did, we had great, wonderful responses, so we yeah, really I'm, do I need actually, to get active about that. I actually have something I'm going to throw in there here soon. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it after we're done recording, because it'll okay. be a good one. Okay, awesome. Uh, there's also the uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds both below so follow all those things for the podcast as for me you can find me on facebook under my regular name my profile is public so if you want to follow me on twitter and instagram those are linked to my facebook page uh and as for this show every friday you can also catch me on the realm of collectors youtube channel every other wednesday on a show called figure banging with ace milo and our friends as ace reviews a figure and we try to encourage him to break it on camera and we make a lot of juvenile <laughs> jokes uh tonight was no different uh and then also every friday night on the same channel realm of collectors youtube channel you can catch me along with sam and our friends, Nick, Russ, and Rob, I mean, it's our brothers, you know, we uh, we go live with our shenanigans right around 9 p.m. Eastern every week, and we have a lot of fun. And Greg's been on the show a few times, and yeah. we've enjoyed having him on there. It's, it's, it's a great time. We talk about various things in the entertainment pop culture industry that week. So that's where you can follow uh, me and Sam Pryor and this podcast. But Greg, where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me on everything I do. Just uh, literally search into Google Chub Rock Geek. That's where you'll find my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitch, my uh, my my TikTok. I assume uh, any Your article. Porn hub. My Pornhub. Your RedTube. Uh, well, I was, yeah, it's RedTube. I don't really have an account with RedTube. I should make one though, just for brand purposes. Uh, you can find my, my, my old Geosites website, I imagine. Uh, you can probably Ooh, find Angel my... Fire. Uh, yeah, like Ooh. I have an account with that old Space Jam website, I think. Um, oh, that joke is running old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but everything I'm a part of, you can find uh, just by searching Chub Ruck Eek on whatever search engine you have. Also, you can read old articles that I wrote for Mission Star Podcast when I was doing that. So if that's something you're interested in, I have a really good one about bad Christmas specials. It's one of my favorite articles I've ever written, uh, mainly because I put a lot of work into it watching terrible Christmas specials. So, oh. that. <laughs> Speaking of, I watched the holiday special with dust on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite part is where the where the old where the uh, old uh, uh, Wookie the the Grandpa Wookie watches uh, virtual porn. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched the Star Wars Christmas special, I highly recommend it. It is a treat. It's it's something all right. <laughs> it is something. But oh. um but yeah, guys, that's gonna do it for us here. Um it has been a blast. Again, I can't thank you enough, Sam, for joining us. Yeah, this is uh, awesome. thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, dude. Uh, we would love to have you on again if there's something you would want to watch. And guys, if there's um, if there's anybody out there that wants to be a guest on the show, let us know. C uh, comment in our in our social medias and on D Discord or email us. Let us know that you really want to talk to us about a show and 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 have a conversation with us about it because uh, I, 
I also need to make a huge apology to my man, Matt Hurd, because he actually, I made the offer. I was like, anybody want to come on and talk to us about the toys made of season three a few weeks back? He's like, yeah, I was like, all right, cool. And then I totally forgot to get with him the day oh, before no. we recorded. <laughs> so Matt, I am super fucking sorry. No, no Matt episode. I am a douche canoe. Um, I owe you an episode, sir. So if there's something you want to come on and talk to us about, hit me up and let us know. Hit Greg up too, so his dumbass will remind my dumbass. Yeah. We'll get Yeah, we- fair enough. <laughs> uh but yeah, guys. Um I'm trying to think of anything else. I think that's it for the moment. Uh oh, 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 also, if there's ever like a an article or a um uh, a movie review or like a trailer to a movie or just anything you want us to talk about on uninhibited that you can also let us know on our social medias and discords. Yeah. Discord is the best place to do that. Yeah. Just, I mean, just throw a link in the general chat and like, you're like, Hey, talk about this. And then like, we'll, we'll bring it up. I promise you. Cause we're star for attention and uh, we're narcissists. So just hit us up. It's fine. Um, Damn, we just like interacting with other living beings. <laughs> I'm obviously Ooh. kidding. Chained up in a basement. It's okay. You can talk to us. You don't <laughs> have to be glad into the sunlight. We're, we're here for you. Who needs vitamin D? Uh, I think that's it, guys. Genuinely, that's it. We should wrap this up. It's going 90 minutes. Um, but yeah. Uh, Witcher, Lost in Space Season 2. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. I love you. Uh, you look pretty. I think your hair looks nice. Your shirt's really cute. Um, unless you're wearing a, not a, like you're wearing a Metallica shirt, which then looks rad. Uh, I mean, you probably smell nice. All right. See you next time. Yeah, yeah. It's called um, it's called you know soap and water. That's that's what that's called. Anyway, Sam, anything? Nope. Cool. Good to go. Take care, everybody. <laughs>